Oh. In this episode of Cinema Swirl, we will be watching and reviewing The Mummy, brackets 1999, but over on the Patreon-exclusive bonus show Cinema Swirl, we will be watching and reviewing The Mummy 2017, you know, the Tom Cruise one. Cinema Swirl is available exclusively for $5 OTP backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. If you join now, you'll get instant access to all 37 episodes of Cinema Swirl, including things like The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Van Helsing, and, as mentioned, The Mummy 2017, which is releasing right now at the same time as this one. Go to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl to find out more. Let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! I told you, it's a church pew. It doesn't recline. It's episode number 89! Coming to you from the <laughs> chapel of Hollywood, California. Kneeling down and doing all the prayers of famous movies that my OTP, Sam Chaplin, has not seen. I'm Cowboy Kevin, as always. Hello. Sam, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm Sam Chaplin. Chaplin. Hey! Or, or Chaplin, which is a it's a thing. It's part it's a religious thing, isn't it? A chaplain. That's the thing. So would they, would they always be giving you a guff on the playground going, Oi! Small church. <laughs> would they would they be doing that at you like? Because my friend Bobby Cathedral, they wouldn't <laughs> let him hear the end of it. They wouldn't let him hear the end of it. Especially when he brought in those cheddar cheese sandwiches. I mean, ah, oh, poor old Bobby. Uh, was was this, the bishop going to sanctify you, you fucking prick? Yeah, usual stuff, you know, the usual. Uh, Sam, today's yes. a very, very special jewel-wielding, nod the fans towards the Patreon special <laughs> edition. Yeah, we're, we're driving up the numbers. Well, no, we're driving engagement towards the... T- <laughs> The Patreon. We got a double whammy. You know, we did our Highlander double whammy. That's it, because the Highlander double whammy came in the most natural way possible as we realised while recording and listening to the socials that we should do Highlander 2. During Highlander 2, we swore off the Highlander franchise forever, but what we didn't swear off was the good idea of having something from column A here, which is Cinema Swirl and Fantastic, which could then have kind of a almost a morbidly curious, obscene counterpart over behind a pay window. There we go. And that is why you all have decided today that we are going to do classic childhood VHS birthday party fodder, The Mummy. And then over on the Patreon, (laughs) we're going to do The Mummy. And uh, I'm excited for both iterations of this. Yeah, The Mummy, very much a VHS film. The Mummy 2017, very much a 4K Blu-ray film, HMV exclusive steelbook that no one's bought. (laughs) I literally have it rented on a streaming service and I have been assured it is in ultra high definition. And I've got all the sessions ready to go on the television for Ooh, that. Lovely. And we're going to be really looking at the very broad spectrum. When I say broad spectrum, I mean the smallest spectrum possible, the most narrow view of a Hollywood megastar as we pivot between Tom Cruise once again and real Hollywood leading hunk, Brendan motherfucking Frasier in yes. the house. Yes. And I can't get Sam to watch Frasier, but I can make <laughs> him watch Brendan Frasier vis-a-vis the Cinema Swirl fan base. Good job voting for this one, everyone. Very good choice, everyone. Thank you. It's between this, mm. Ghost in the Shell, and Godzilla. 
Oh, yeah, those are all very fine contenders. I think we could revisit this concept down the line. We'll come back to some of those. We'll come back to them. Um, but the mummy, far and away, the absolute winner here. Good choice. I'm excited for this. And for those of you who are wondering, oh, it's nearly Valentine's Day and you're doing a movie about uh, mummy. Uh, my mother's birthday is on Valentine's Day. I'll have so there you know. we go. And sense. the mammy wasn't available to watch, <laughs> so we're doing the mummy instead. So there it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, a couple, couple of Christmas ago, I accidentally called my mum mum. And it's because Joe was there. Oh, and it was no. all awkward. I know. Oh, Kevin. They yeah, took my passport off me. Don't let me go back. <laughs> which was awful. It was awful stuff. So, Sam, what, what do you know about... Firstly, let's talk broadest spectrum possible. Okay. Why a nasty old mummy comes shumbling into your pyramid. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to say, hello. How are you doing? Have, have you been all right? As Mr. Mr. T said, treat your mummy right. Didn't yes, he? He said exactly. That, Mummies as a scary monster have, have always seemed like they're very Saturday morning cartoons, are mummies. You know, I mean, out of the original monstrous lineup, yeah, mummies very much are the outliers there, aren't they? They're a like vampires. They're historic, actually historical figures. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and B. You just, we're the generation that was raised at watching crime fighting dogs tug on a mummy's taping. Yes. And them spinning around. Yeah. And that happened in the Beano as well and the Dandy. And I think that as a result that we, the millennials, and probably Gen Z as a result as well, never really took them as seriously as all that. Right? No, I haven't taken them seriously. And you know what? If, if, if I did meet a mummy, as you've suggested, I would ask for their permission to unwrap them, as it were, because I think that would feel very satisfying to unfurl a mummy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're not unfurling. You're tugging it, and then they spin around in a crazy, you know, and, and sometimes it'll just be bones left over, and other times there'd be nothing at all, right. as if to say that the pharaohs didn't even exist. And sometimes it'll be the janitor from the fun fair who will be under there. And you'll go, oh, what? It was you the whole time. Oh, bloody hell. Now, was there any instances, Halloween's growing up, around like that, mummy costumes, that anything that you came into contact with? You know what? I can honestly say, hand on heart, I don't think I've ever seen in the... F huh? I don't recall, Your Honour, having seen in the flesh a mummy costume ever ever in real life i've seen quite a few of them in like the living room of a house before people go out for halloween yes it's not it's not a going out one no it's not and and what would usually happen is it always happened at a university didn't it and it'd always be a boy who'd go oh, you know what i'm just gonna wear my science lab coat and cover it in fake blood and because that's my costume and then someone go well i'm just gonna cover myself in toilet paper yeah. and be a scary mummy but no one i ever knew in university had a thick enough ply yeah. to actually commit to that. And what would happen is it would just kind of disintegrate, wouldn't it, you know? This is the university life. You're on a budget, you go cheap with your toilet paper, but you don't think that Halloween's on the horizon and you're going to need at least three-ply, if not something somehow sturdy. Whereas now... You know, now I'm an adult, got responsibilities, yeah. I got the three-ply, because I know Halloween is always around the corner, <laughs> technically speaking, isn't it? It's a big commitment, a mummy outfit, mummy costume, you know? It's hard to get right. You see, I mean, Maybe yeah. I've seen some people kind of half-arse it and do it a bit, you know, 
kind. They have a few bits hanging off. Drape themselves yeah. in serviettes. It is not a no. mummy make, Sam. You know, that's all. So, look, I, I want to know is like, how scary is it on the spectrum, on the ecometer, on the boorometer, as it were, which measures pressure and scare? What would you say would it rank? I'm saying ranking pretty low, the mummy. I ain't afraid of no mummy. It's not one of the scary ones for me. I'm not scared of no mummy. But you say this, and yet I, an intellectual, can look at the fact that you were doing a podcast called Cinema Swirl, yeah. and you've not even seen the mummy, mate. No. And is that because you saw that VHS scared. and you thought, I'm a bit scared of that. Bit scary. Have you ever even, have you been to Egypt? Have you been to Egypt? No, I haven't been to Egypt. These aren't criticisms against you, but these will be used against you, whether... Uh, I'm determining if you're scared of a mummy, you know? Now, I don't know if this is an insensitive or, or controversial thing to say. It is a silly name for a monster. I don't... Is that all right to say? The mummy? Well, as a, you know, I, I respect mothers of all, yeah. you know, particularly those who are buried in sarcophaguses, <laughs> you know? So, but that's, that's me, Sam, yeah. you know? I'm fifth-wave feminist, you know? That's, that's what happens, you know? Guys, I don't respect mothers. Say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> So, so tell me, so tell me, no respect what do you, none, no respect, no, can't get no respect or give any respect. So Sam, what is it that you know then about this, this classic movie, The Mummy? Uh, right. I mean, The Mummy, we had Mummy Fever Free, we had The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, we had the Scorpion King franchise. As a wrestling fan at the time, I was bombarded with Mummy media against my will. So how did you avoid it? What, if anything, do you know of this movie? I know... Your friend of mine, the internet's pal, Brendan Fraser, Frazier, Fraser, is in this. I know yeah. that for a fact. I remember seeing his face everywhere. He's having a bit of a... A resurgence. A moment. Yeah. He's back now. Everyone's happy that he's doing well. There was a bit of cruel online shaming going on around Brendan Fraser, a bit. and then But then there was a huge wave of support and love and admiration and uh, and goodwill towards Brendan. And he's seen that and responded to it. And everyone just feels very happy and comfy and warm as a result of that. So what, what do you know Brendan Fraser for other than being defended horrifically um, <laughs> online? I think I've seen Tarzan with him in it. I think. Tarzan? I feel like I've seen some of it. Was he Tarzan? George of the Jungle, George man. of the Come Jungle. On. He was not Tarzan. George the Jungle is, is not Tarzan. So maybe man. I haven't seen Tarzan with Brenda Fraser in it because it might not exist. Uh, 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 Glenn, watch out for that go. As a child, I've seen him with his top off in a jungle. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. You have, you have, yeah. Pretty we all sure have, I've seen but there that. you go. And I may have seen him in some sort of romantic comedy. Oh, you you saw him in Scrubs, didn't you? No, I never watched Scrubs, actually. That's genuinely shocking. That is genuinely I shocking. I don't like man. Scrubs. Score <laughs> friends. <laughs> Scrubs, which is basically Frasier for people who watch Lost instead of Twin Peaks. That's, uh, oh, that's my... Uh... No, get out. Get out. <laughs> I will not have that kind of slander. <laughs> oh. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, go and drink some coffee, all your Twin Peaks fans and your Fraser fans. That's all you care about. Well, actually, actually, I will, I will maybe have a dry sherry after this. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I will have a little one after a pre-swirl, you know, get in the mood for the movie. Whereas me and the Lost Legends are getting fucking pints in, mate, and we're being awesome and having a good time and enjoying yeah. fun programs that aren't weird. They're fun weird. So, t so tell me, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Brendan Fraser. And his fun, weird ways. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And we know, like, and this is the thing, we're talking about, you know, how we would have as kids, a lot of the stuff regarding to mummies wouldn't necessarily have been gruesome stuff or very shocking. It was always feels like kind of a, a soft ghoul to mock and whatnot. Yeah. So this is obviously coming out now with a view, or at least knowing that that's the audience when this movie came out. So are you expecting a scary movie? Are you expecting a mm. romp? Is this going to be like a fist pumper? Or is this going to be like a, a scare fest? What do you think? One word, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Adventure. 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 I feel an adventure coming on. You feel an adventure is is forthcoming, you believe? I think so. I don't doubt there'll be scary bits. And I, I assume the titular mummy, or indeed mummies, are or is the villain. Well, actually, Sam, I'll have you know that when something scary happens in an adventure movie, it is officially classed as peril. That is not fear. <laughs> it's peril. It's different, okay? There's a peril of wisdom for you now, okay? It's called peril. <laughs> When you are in a scary situation, but it's an adventure, okay? Yeah. Sometimes there might be mild peril you have to be aware of, okay? I'm expecting at least mild peril, if not severe peril. But I think this is a this is an adventure. I think this is going to be in the same realm as Indiana Jones, you know? But you didn't like Indiana Jones. No. <laughs> so you don't think this is going to be fun? Are you going to enjoy well, this? I think so. You know what? There's a wave of, much like around Brendan Fraser, there was a wave of support in the comments on the vote for The Mummy. Like, people love The Mummy. It was on everyone's shelf. It was. I think this was one of the last big VHS hits, I think, this. You know? I honestly, this is one of the last movies I remember before being carted off to boarding school. Right. This was the last movies I remember. This I swore we've talked about this before, but there was kind of a time period, it felt, from the late 90s, between the ages of like 8 and 12, where you and a few other children would all go to someone's house and a parent would take you to then rent a video yes. and there would be some sort of a chip dinner and you would all be put into a room and you get to watch the movie and it was all like you were in charge because the kids getting to watch the movie. Yeah. And that was where Austin Powers was watched. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that's definitely where The Mummy was watched. And I believe this was the last time I remember having... That type of a, oh. you know, primary school, carefree, like being, as opposed to surly teenagers saying, Mum, take us down to the video shop. Yeah. As opposed to being like, Yay, we're going to the video shop to rent. Ernest is scared stupid because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> You know what? I've had those experiences, but I've not had them around to the mummy. I don't know how I missed out on those. I've not seen this movie since then. Right, yeah, yeah. But you have good memories from then. I have watched the sequel because uh, it features a wrestler and I yeah. then had to go and uh, do a commentary track for that for another podcast. Right. And then I did another, another commentary track for the thing that came after it. So yeah. I'm actually quite excited to go back to basics. Yeah. You know, classic mummy here, you know? You don't want two mummy, too furious. You want original mummy, OG mummy. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> in my very, very paper-thin research for this in, in terms of finding bad remakes to uh, correspond with this. I learned, I'm sorry about this, I've learned something before I've watched the film. This is a remake of a previous mummy movie. Well, there has there was an old there was an old mummy. Yeah, because it's Universal. This is Universal. Right. You know the the monsters that they own. So technically, this is a remake of that, I guess, in the way that the other one we're doing is also technically a remake of that. It's just fucking a soulless Hollywood executives grinding out bollocks up against a millstone to get a few drops out of it. And I can't wait to watch the movie. Let's head into the mailbag.
welcome to the mailbag. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you as ever for your questions, queries, comments into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. All the socials. Or the socials. All the socials. Socials. At Cinema Swirl, I guess. Yeah, mate, you know, whatever. Our first message here, though, comes in from Jack, and this is into Cinema Swirl at gmail.com. Subject line, new baby. Hi, what? mates. Yeah, good start. Hi, mates. So my better half is pregnant with our first child. Congratulations, Jack. And naturally, I want to throw my child headfirst into podcasts. My question Obviously. is... Which episode of Cinema Swirl slash Swirl should I place my newborn first? <laughs> Cheers, Jack. Well, Jack, I I don't think you should play any of them, really. No, but. because there's a lot of cursing in it, yes, isn't there? Yes. And what would happen then is that you'd get a child who would be... I don't... Where is Jack from? Because if, if they're English, you're going to get a, a weird mix then of like, you got the England and then you've got Ireland in there as well. And it'll be loved by neither tribe after that then, because they'd be all like, for fuck's sake, score a bloody goal, mate. And like, what's that? I know yeah, what's yeah. that like. D- you know? <laughs> It'll be culturally confusing to listen to. Um, although, here's what I would say. I can't remember which is true about babies, whether they respond to low voice tones or high voice tones better. But if it's low, <laughs> go for the first few episodes. <laughs> 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 The soothing, sultry tones of me, oh, yeah, Star Wars. It's going to go down absolutely It'll put the, the baby yeah, to sleep. It's back when I used to do this podcast with a uh, soft-spoken BBC Radio 6 DJ, uh, and then Sam came in to fill in the gap later on. <laughs> Actually, no, I do have an episode that I could yeah. recommend, and I'm not just going to say go over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl, and you can sign yourself up and your newborn child. No, instead, I'm going to say... Go with the Les Mis episode because that's got the most oh, singing yeah. in it. Yeah. And much like plants, if you sing to a baby, it'll be less stupid. What? <laughs> what I would say, Jack, and this really feels like I'm tooting my own horn here, just play them, play them the music. Play them the, it's quite, you know, it's a bit nursery rhymey, isn't it? The Cinema Swell theme. I, I think that that's would go true. down well with a, with a baby. And look, look, all I'm saying is this, folks. I'm not trying to take Sam's hard work here on the theme and the bed and the yeah. let's go do the cinema swirl music and all the contextual remixes all and that all stuff. that. But look, it is the episode is The Mummy. And if Mother Care or any motherly brands are looking to get music to use in an ad to show a child taking their first steps. Isn't it though? Yeah. It is though, isn't it? Yeah. All babies are little explorers and you can play that music so you're like, oh yeah, exploring as opposed to, oh no, the babies going to die by exploring it'll put your heart at ease yes get in touch mother care still exists right i don't have another maplin situation <laughs> in my hands I'm not hitching this wagon to another heaving bloated dead corpse on the high street <laughs> expecting it to take me over the hill no way man we'll try and get mother care to follow us jack good news by the way uh, our next episode we are covering uh coco melon so uh you should you should be all all gold for that <laughs> I've heard of Coco Melon because the dads at work fancy the animated teacher from Coco Melon. There you go. Oh, the dads at work. You mean the perverts the at work? Perverts. Yeah, I figured. Those horrible yeah, perverts at work. Those horrible perverts. So thank you very much, Jack. And once again, congratulations. Congratulations. Fabulous news. Next question comes in from Tristan, who writes, Will we ever see a goth in secondary school swirl slash swill featuring, <laughs> <laughs> featuring the likes of the crow? And Queen of the Damned 
asking Whoa, for a friend. Oh, baby! I'd love that because for my entire secondary school existence, I was not a goth, but I was very much goth adjacent. This came up once or twice before yeah. in the past. Uh, I, I almost came close to pitching Asha in St. Stephen's Green Shopping Centre to support us in ways that Maplin and Mother Care never really could. And I think it would be fun to have a focused slice of past looking yeah. at what was a very important part of all of our personalities, be it adjacent or in our heart and soul as we live and breathe. You know what I've been thinking about? about goths and being a goth and, and, and my history with goths. I would hang around with them all the time. Some of my best friends were goths. I, I never was a goth. And I don't feel like I can be a goth now, you know? No, that, that ship has sailed, That ship I has think. definitely sailed. In my 30s, I can't become a goth. I'm not saying you can't be a goth in your 30s. No, and you could also have a resurgence yeah. if you were. But, but... You it's too late for me to suddenly become a goth which is a real shame it's the same way that i couldn't become a skater now but you could you know yeah, you know yeah, you, I, you've always been a skater previously like, skated. You know? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i genuinely agree with that um <laughs> no anyone can skateboard anyone can be a goth i i just don't think i can be a goth at this point I, I, you know, if I dye my hair black, I, I, I don't know. I just, no I just love in one sentence you went dead serious from being like, no, genuinely, I couldn't become a goth now. But in the same breath, you're like, but I am a skater, and I, like, <laughs> I that is like who I am. Right or die, mate. I am a skater. I will always be a skater. That's part of who I am. That's my identity. But thank you, Tristan. And I think you know what? I think we should do something like that. I think that's a very good idea. We'll do a specific mailbag that is. Uh, of of a gothic nature and whatnot. A goth bag. And we'll go back and we'll listen to the Nightmare Before Christmas episode as well, so we will. Yeah, well, when I said goth <laughs> bag there, I, I immediately pictured a fucking Jack Skellington, you know, the backpack that's got his little I face. I slagging people off. Don't call them goth <laughs> bags. They're the listeners. So thank you very much, Tristan, for your question. And yes, I think we should do that. Final question here comes in. Final. From, from Jamie, who writes... In light of the Brackets' incredible new Beatles documentary, which bands slash albums would you like to see a similar film of? Jamie writes, for example, I would choose Fleetwood Mac recording Rumours, so I'd like to witness how that band actually managed to coexist in such a hostile environment. Um, now, I, I don't think you've... You haven't watched Get Back, have you? No, because I've no. not found a spare 80 hours of my time, <laughs> like, you know. And I honestly, like, I like, of course I like the Beatles. Everyone likes yeah. the fucking Beatles. Like, obviously, you know, don't, don't lie and say you don't like the Beatles, you freak. No, I don't like the Beatles and I don't like food either. <laughs> Come on, like, get over it, like, you know. Oh, are you worried about the big bully who's going to come and beat you up for liking the Beatles? How about all the old men who'll come and beat you up for not liking the Beatles? Be scared of them. Exactly. I don't like music docs that much uh. and it probably stems from a period of time where i was a lot more into music and long time listeners of my podcast know that i peace and love simply have no more time for music <laughs> in my life so I, you know i can't get over by the way i, I sometimes find myself thinking about that and it's just <laughs> it just i i don't it have works, time for it music works it, look it does and it works great as a bit and a joke but also uh. it is also genuinely a massive time saver because all yeah. you listen to your albums i I'm listening to the latest, you know, fucking wrestling bollocks that I have to fucking <laughs> stick into my ears. <laughs> Sounds like a real time saver. <laughs> Look, 
modern times, yeah. if you could give me a behind the scenes about how like the guy behind the SNES drunk channel makes his chillaxing <laughs> SNES remixes, three hours and everyone's a chill banger? Yeah, I want to be in the yeah. room with that guy. But like, I have this very crystal clear memory of like a time where I cared about music more than any other time in my life, which would have yeah. been like 18, 19, where I just went to university. I'd gotten a music show on the radio. My brother was in a band. All my brother's friends were all in bands. Yeah. Some of those bands were like getting, you know, national exposure and I got to go to gigs. And, ah, bands, ah, music. Very excited. And at the peak of that, I saw i think it was loud quiet loud which is a documentary about the pixies yes, and i yeah. love the pixies they're one of my favorite bands i've not listened to the pixies in five years i love the pixies they're one of my favorite bands but i've not listened to them in five years and i just watched that documentary at the height of my obsession yeah. love this band they'd come back together and it just filled me with a weird sense of like i don't care to know that one of my favorite bass players is just like having a rubbish time yeah. or the drummer is like well if we didn't do this I guess I'd just be working a normal job or I don't want to see fucking Frank Black lying yeah. on his bed listening to affirmations because he's all broken up inside so like you yeah. know <laughs> you don't want to see how b they're such bad communicators by the way Pixies in that documentary I they know just, oh, I know yeah. I know it's but you want to know how like, your favourite podcast had ever fallen apart it's probably because they communicate like the people the Pixies <laughs> But I did, off the back of someone telling us when we did Bill and Ted yeah. and the sequel, Alex Winters did this amazing Frank Zappa documentary. Ooh. And I love Frank Zappa. And it was just a great doc about the him and his career. It wasn't right. like a behind-the-scenes thing. Because I felt if I saw a behind-the-scenes thing of Frank Zappa you know, throwing people down the stairs or whatever it is he used to do to and making them eat lima beans to get Captain Beefheart to record something. I don't know if I want to see that. I feel no. like the more I know about bands, the worse I'll feel about them. So <laughs> best leave it to one side oh. for now. Peace and love. I've simply too much to do. What I would say is recently I watched, and I, maybe I should have saved this for Swirl or something, but I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen Some Kind of Monster, the Metallica documentary? Now, oh, is that when they make their greatest album say Anger? Yes. It's fucking fascinating. They're all insufferable, uh, apart from one of them. And, but it's great. It's great. It's really interesting documentary. But I figured you're a connoisseur of music docs. Um, I do like a music doc. I do I do really like a Jake music doc. Jake is one of my all-time faves with the Brian Jonestown massacre. Ah. I see Yes. I, no, I haven't seen that. I should see that. I, I reverse swirl, though, for musical docs. I would definitely be down <laughs> for at some point, you know? In answer to your question, Jamie, and I've thought long and hard about this, there was a uh, an MTV album launch episode on Blink-182's self-titled album where you saw the process of them recording that. And it skips over a lot of stuff, but they uh, they definitely had... You want the eight-hour tapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give the footage over to Peter Jackson. Have him do that for Blink-182. I would be fucking fascinated. Actually, and, and I'll change my answer. The same for the same MTV album thing that they did for Results May Vary from Limp Bizkit. Oh, uh, oh which yeah. Which features Fred Durst <laughs> on the guitar going, MTV, y'all know the thing that I suck and he can't, the problem is that he can't play guitar and sing at the same yeah. time so he keeps stopping <laughs> to do his self-parody <laughs> motherfucker you would watch eight hours of, of Limp Biscuit trying to record that album that'd be amazing I've listened to eight hours of Limp Biscuit in 2021 alone so I'm game for anything Exactly. I do wonder if bands are now consciously like filming their recording processes more to try and get back themselves in a few years, if that makes sense. To get What's their own get back. dirt on each other, like. I don't know. Can you imagine? Yeah. 
every instance I've ever heard of anyone recording something, tensions are always mad fucking high and everyone had yeah. a fucking shit time. So let's see a documentary about that, please. <laughs> so thank you again for all your questions into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's it for the mailback. That's it for cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Sam, we're about to, to dive headfirst into potentially an adventure. Yeah. Just give me a couple of bullet points. What's going to happen? What, well, what, I, what, what's, a, what's a typical mummy adventure? What's going to happen with this no good mummy? Right. I'm, I'm going down the Indiana Jones kind of route here. I haven't okay. seen the mummy. I don't know what happens in the mummy, but someone takes something from an old oh. tomb. Some it awakens something, curses something. I have to run around. I was really excited for the mummy until I just did, tried to guess what the plot would be. Yeah, you fucking be a dagger now. Like, <laughs> this is around. <laughs> they've nicked a thing, um, but. Fucking sand everywhere. Sand everywhere. But I'm excited. I'm very excited for this. I do, I, because people love it. And so I think that that love is kind of rubbing off on me and I'm, I'm excited to see what's do, so do good about it. Do you think people love it because of their nostalgia for it and the time it came out? Do you think people love it because of what it is? Do you think this is like the goth thing and if I want to enjoy the mummy, I have to have enjoyed the mummy when I was a child and I can't suddenly I mean, start. There's not really been a mummy resurgence, has there? You know. No, but is there a mummy window? We might find this out. Hmm. I'm very, I'm curious and I'm excited. Curious, excited. Let's go do a cinema swirl. Sam, initial gut reactions to the mummy. Way that was fun. That was fun. Way it's a it's a wire. It's a full way. You did a little lean into the mic there. Because I wanted a kind of deep a deep way. Yeah, it's not way. It's way. It's like way. Oh, you did know? have that kind of come here to me, little boy, and I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> What's that, older man? Way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you are to communicate with the youth. So you had a good time. Yeah, and if I get to be a sort of elderly uncle figure and meet any small children, I'm just going to say, come here to me. Way, and, and then I'll have a weird reputation. But it'll be worth it, because that, that is fun. It will be worth it, Sam, because you'll be ahead of the game, because in our day, you know, older relatives yeah. would give you a 10 pence piece or a penny farthing. And they'd say, run now to the shop and buy an ice cream. Yeah. And we won't be able to do that because we won't have the Venmo details no. of our younger family members. So a way is a way to do that very cheaply. What I'm giving has more value. It's the it's the spirit of banter that I'm impassing to the youth. It's the cryptocurrency of banter, Sam. Really, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, at the end of the day. It's worth what you want it to be worth. <laughs> <laughs> So we're in far-flung Egypt yes. in the heady days of the Roaring Twenties. Ah, and I spy with my CGI, we're in the Roaring Days of 1999, because yes. this sweeping shot of Egypt in full full HD, full scrim, it, it, it is a little bit, you know, it's good. It's good for the time. Yeah, but like Egypt doesn't exist anymore, so they had to do that in 1999, <laughs> didn't they? They had to kind of do a composite, and there was no Google Maps either, no, or, or no. World Earth View. So that is just, you know, CGI at its best. It looks like a really good level, is what I would say, for <laughs> Egypt. It does 
have the benefit of being in 1999, of being that pre-millennium era of bad CGI, mm-hmm. that I feel you're probably liable to be a little bit kinder to it than something like, say, Van Helsing that we did over on The Swill, where it was like 2003. And there's genuinely no excuse. Your time wasn't taken up preparing for the Millennium book. <laughs> Why is the CG so bad? These guys here, they were double shifts crunch around the clock to get yeah. this done and BY2K compliant at the same time. So oh. I'm impressed by the visuals of 1999. I'm not slagging them off, but you can just, you can see that it is 1999 effects wise. And you can also tell it's 1999 in just the general kind of sense of things in the fact that you're introduced to the Pharaoh, the high priest and the Pharaoh's mistress who is wearing a thong and see-through clothes <laughs> because yeah. it's 1999, baby. And I am 40% sure none of these people in this scene or any of the scenes in ancient Egypt are Egyptian. But there we are no, now. But, you know, we very quickly, <laughs> very broad strokes, get introduced to these characters. There's Imhotep, high priest so was he having an affair with the get this seat yeah. he was only going out with the pharaoh's guma and that is a yeah. big no-no you do not cross that line in ancient no Egypt. you know because the pharaoh he has the racket on the the pyramid building contracts pretty tight like he yeah. gets all these no-show jobs and the slave <laughs> jobs it's ridiculous the whole thing is just corrupt as fuck oh no no that's pharaoh pharaoh <laughs> is, is who, who was there now who was doing <laughs> Yeah, so Imhotep and the Pharaoh's mistress, who he does have a name, but I can't remember. I, I feel bad about that. But they're, they're very much in love. He can resurrect the dead, or so he says. So he gets arrested and taken away. He's got some big Rasputin vibes to him, hasn't he, old Imhotep here? Yeah. Now. And here we are now, within five minutes... We've gotten sexy ladies. Yeah. We've gotten plots involving murder, resurrection, and an affair. And this is the point your dad turns around and is like, what's the old footy-duddy Universal Monster Pictures <laughs> now? Huh? Who's old now, little boy? So it <laughs> Franchise. It's setting up an important plot point here, but it kind of rushes us through it. That she's dead. She's killed herself because she knows he'll be able to resurrect her. He's dead. And all of the priests are all dead. They've been killed by the pharaoh and his men. It's such a great start for Imhotep and the gang, is it? No, there's some real, you know, Egyptian traditions that I think, and again, I don't know if this is right for me to say, are a bit gruesome. Are you an Egyptologist, Sam? Is that what you're telling me? But if you're taking someone's organs out and putting them in separate jars, against their will, that's not on. All right, I'm going to say it, that's not on. And also, if you're looking to make haggis and you take out all the organs and then you put them in separate jars, no, it all needs to be within the lining of the, the stomach yeah in the casing you exactly know, that's another mistake they made that was here. the scottish mummification process which i think <laughs> is good and proper so imhotep does resurrect his girlfriend a bit but then the pharaoh's guards stop it right so he oh <laughs> laps catholic over here needs to know how you resurrect someone a bit what's that like she gets a bit resurrected a little bit you know just yeah, uh, but not the full thing you know yeah you know, if you're cooking something, you have to kind of like sear the outside of it, and then but then he, you got she's not been heated through, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, I see, I see, I get yeah, you, yeah, I get yeah. you. So the ritual is pretty much beefed up then, beefed uh, up because they all get spotted by the Pharaoh's guys. Pharaoh's guys take Imhotep's guys, and they all get mummified alive. And I was yeah. like, wow, 
That's of all the ways to prepare a body after death to happen to you while alive. Yeah, it's not a great one because they stick a hot poker up your nose and all yeah, that. Yeah, not jazz. nice. I don't, yeah, mm. I mean, tongues out for the pharaoh. Imhotep gets his tongue out. I think he gets his eyes out, and then they they pour beetles on him, mate. It's proper. I'm a celebrity. Bush took a trial. This this is not on. I expected out in debt to no, come around the corner. No, it only would have been if they were not native to Egypt. Those beetles <laughs> that they poured everywhere carelessly, like you know. So this lad Imhotep. He's immortal, but he's sealed in a sarcophagus, mummified, covered in beetles forever. And I was covered in beetles forever when I watched Get Back because uh, it's lo- <laughs> it's long, it's, it's a long, 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 long film long time there. Yeah, and title card: The Mummy. We cut to the present, which is also, ironically enough, the past. It is yes. the Roaring Twenties, and we do have our title character of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> of course, he's a of course he's title Rick. character. <laughs> <laughs> the Brendan Fraser. The, the original title of this is Brendan Fraser. The sequel is Brendan Fraser, you know, <laughs> returns. And yeah. then Curse of the Dragon Tomb. I've always referred to this as Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Um, I think that's how it should be referred to. Yeah, he's here. After a, a very cool title card, I must say, just to quickly mention, the letters are all wrapped up in the in the mummy wrapping <laughs> and they break free and it looks cool. Yeah, Brendan's here. He's in the French Foreign Legion, I think. Which... I knew two lads in university who, when they had a few drinks in them, they'd start rambling on about how they were going to, after they graduated, go and join the French Foreign Legion. Because I think you can still do that. They'll kind of take, right. they'll take all comers, including an American, which is what Rick is. Uh, yes, Brendan's character, Rick O'Connell. O'Connell, typical yeah. American, joined the French Foreign Legion. Come join the French Foreign Legion. You'll see the world. You'll see the sights. You'll see the culture. You will shoot a lot of horses. Like, I know it's the A-team way that if baddies are coming at you in a Jeep, you kind of shoot the tires and like, and they'll get up going, well, what are we going to do now then? Are you fucking insured? And then they walk away. But they pretty much kneecap a thousand horses here, the Mm. French Foreign Legion. Like, they're scared to shoot a, a man so that they all oh, we'll take it out on the horses. <laughs> Look, it was the Roaring Twenties, and then this film was made in the Roaring Nineties. And back in those days, mate, it was pre-horse meat scandal. You could do what you want with horses. No one was bothered by it. <laughs> There's some really good action here as he's being kind of oh, yeah. for- forced to retreat. His little mate Benny is with him. He's run away like a, a comedy coward. He's retreating. His opposition, massive. He gets cornered after a lot of cool shooting. You know what? Brendan Fraser. Big scale. I like it. A big scale. And he's a very good, very charismatic, very fun, believable leading man. He's cool in this. Yes, he is. He's fucking great. Yep. He is really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I remember now there was quite a few... 90s romps that he was at the helm of where they kind of leaned more into you know a Californian man and stuff like that where they kind of leaned into his his comedy stylings and whatnot but he has that nice mixture of cheesy action hunk but he's got a little bit he has the thing that Tom Cruise doesn't have which is he has a little sparkle of I think he would be an all right lad to me like he wouldn't be a big fucking massive (laughs) weirdo you know here's my hot take for you sam yeah fellow playstation owner Uh all and on people go about how uncharted is like oh Uh uncharted is is just uh isn't that great nathan fillion it should be and oh it should be tom holland other people (laughs) apparently were saying (laughs) but people always compare that to indiana jones and i think that the mummy is a lot more yeah you know because Indiana Jones is a fucking ornery old bollocks. Where is this lad here? 
He's all fucking high fives and nice grins and raised eyebrows. And also, he spends a good 60% of this movie pointing a gun or guns at someone. And they're cool looking guns. He's got a cool outfit. Yeah. yeah. He's Brendan Fraser. The comedy, you know, he was in loads of comedies, as you've mentioned. But this character, although he is funny and there are comedy moments, he's not treated as a silly character quite No, he doesn't have any goofs like he doesn't like slip and fall on his arse or anything like that he's treated as the cool 90s action star that he is yes and it absolutely works he gets cornered here by a big load of lads with guns he kind of accepts his fate He, he closes his eyes ready to get shot to bits but the men all run away and that's because behind him big statue of one of the Egyptian statues of one of the ones. A statue is whispering, you will die, you will die to him. And so all these lads are running away. This is where like, we get our first of many great shots involving sand effects. Yes. Where I did spend a lot of the movie wondering if like this was like leftover effects for the Spider-Man movie that did not get made in the 90s that was going to have Sandman in it. But the effects of the sand were generally some of the better effects that they did. Yes. And the big face coming out of sand, even though it is basically designed solely for the trailer, I think it was very cool and, dare I say, borderline iconic. I think it was as well. It gets revealed where he's standing, this big sand face. You know what? I want to touch the sand face. I want to touch sand. You know, it sounds like this moving. It's all three D. I want to have a. I want to feel what that's like. I want to touch uh, it. Which bit? Uh, which bit? Uh. <laughs> which bit of the face? Which bit of the face? Uh. Oh, just like a cheek or something. Just uh, you know, just dip, dip in. Oh, I'm going right face. for the sand eye. I want to know what that's made of. <laughs> Brendan gets away. Great, he's out of here. Now, three years after that, oh, we're traveling in time. Oh my God, we're traveling. Three years? Are we? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Three years after the iconic Sandface, uh, Mr. Sandface, Rachel Weiss, who I, I refer to throughout this as Rachel Weiss, is in a library. What's she from exactly? Because I just wrote um, Evie, so because that's her, that's her character's <laughs> name, and I respect the okay. art form, except all the other times I don't. <laughs> I might do a quick find and replace on Rachel and change it to Evie. She, what else has she been in? She's been in loads of stuff, but not really anything I've seen. I know of her. I know of her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's in a library. She's on one of those big library ladders. Didn't I tell you this would happen? Didn't I tell you there would be Pearl in this movie? (laughs) This was real mild Pearl. Oh, look at you at home. Oh, they're talking about Pearl again. Clutching your perils. Aren't you all fucking (laughs) sensitive about it? Like, get over it, okay? She's in Pearl. Ladder Pearl. The worst type. There's a bit where she's on this ladder and she's leaning over too far to put a book back. And the ladder kind of tilts so that it's, it's balanced in the middle but the noise it makes the foley for it which is meant to be the ladder sort of creaking and standing up straight just sounds like she's done a big funny guff it sounds it doesn't yeah, make it the, like, <laughs> the foley on this movie is oftentimes the nice thing i could say about it is it's yeah. readily identifiable yeah as in they use noises for certain actions like guns doors opening the glimmer of jewelry where later probably in the same year someone would have went I think people have heard this one just a bit too much, but those were not the concerns of this movie when it was being made. She is an Egyptologist herself. Yes. She speaks the ancient tongue and she knows all about the curses and all that jazz. 
And then in comes the boss and he's like, talking of fucking curses, your bloody curse. It's like a plague of pearls since you've come into my library, young lady. We find out that her parents were wealthy benefactors. Yeah. And basically, because it's English, I'm just assuming that you went over and colonised that as well, probably. I probably. Know. That's probably one of our probably. things. She's in trouble because she's knocked over all the bookshelves when she was faffing around on the on the ladder. And again, like, satisfying. I'd want to push over a big shelf if it knocked over loads of other big shelves. It would be, a, you know, like a, a domino effect thing. That does look fun. Big scale it dominoes. Does. But if, you know, they were important books. And so she's now sneaking around this museum, trying to really quiet, trying to, like, tidy up find some stuff goes over to a, a a little sarcophagus and there was a legit jump scare did it make you jump and go ah why did it oh ah oh Oh, from Taskmaster New Year Treat Zone, John Hanna, who's in this, who I know from Taskmaster New Year's Treat 2020. And his character is called John as well, which oh, is convenient for this. Very convenient for me. A row about John here, the character, not the actor, mm. is that if he was around in modern times, it would only be a matter of time before he was cancelled. Because he is the apparently useless, do-nothing son of the very wealthy parents, brother to Evie, Evie and yep. seems to do nothing other than get drunk and have a bally good time. It's a bit of best of British, this. Bit of best of British, and I'm glad to see that. So he's jumping out to be a goofball and spook his sister, which she's not happy with, but... He has a, a special box thing. He's happened upon a puzzling box. Yes. Which you know, <laughs> leads them to question that potentially a legend of old is true. That's a good point. When you say happened upon, if, if a posh English person says they've happened upon something and this turns out to be the case here, it means they've nicked it. Yeah. It has like, been like, stolen. Like, like when the ye happened upon all of Ireland, for instance. <laughs> You know, remember that? I've happened when upon that this. happened. Yeah. And then if you're caught red-handed in the middle of it, you go, it's a happening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you will be part of a happening. <laughs> <laughs> and you start clapping. Hey! <laughs> so he gives her this box. It's a map. It's leading to Hamunaptra, City of Hamunaptra, the Dead. Hamunaptra, City of the Dead. Mm. Or City of the Treasure, depending on your point of view. Yeah. Dead full of treasure, this city. The museum owner, and I knew this was a bit suspect, accidentally burned off the bit about this lost city. Very convenient that that happens when he's presented with that evidence. Hey, homage of Lily's in this. Yay! This is around uh, the first time of his like many, many big Hollywood appearances. Never left the stand-up behind him during those days. I always appreciate yeah. that. Thought it was pretty good that you could turn on Channel 4 and see him on like an episode of Black Books or something. And then he's here in Hollywood, California, mm. doing honestly much the same character he does in most <laughs> sure. of his stand-up <laughs> and most of his appearances. I found out as well recently that he is cancelled in the great country of Wales oh. because he did a tweet in 2019 where he's like, get a load of all these consonants. Imagine having a stutter and spelling this. Uh, and like, they were having none of it. And that's it. He's persona non grata. So I'm not trying to cause any beef with our Welsh listeners here, yeah. of which I'm sure there are many. And uh, all I'll say is, is that I wish to remain politically neutral on this hot button topic because i really enjoy seeing him in this movie i did as well i thought it was nice to see him and it, he's a prison guard it turns out that john stole the little box map thing from uh, long hair brendan fraser who's imprisoned for some unnamed trouble that he got himself in i assume it's looking like a brigand <laughs> 
<laughs> he's very very scruffy now now kevin this has never before happened in the history of cinema swell within a film we've watched there is a mention of tiffin and i was what? fucking delighted there's a little bit there where uh, john is like oh uh, why don't you go sniff out a spot of tiffin and i was like yeah tiffin in a cinema swell film for the first time this wow. is a landmark moment watershed now moment. here's the question though yeah. because i know in certain parts of india and possibly pakistan Tiffin is used as a little, Your storage little thing. box. So I get tweets probably once a week from someone who passes by a particularly good takeaway that's that like, we Tiffin. do Tiffin as well. Yeah. And you'd be pretty rubbish if you went in thinking you're going to polish off your nice three-course Indian meal with a nice sweet, and then you get a lunch afterwards, you'd be fucked. You wouldn't be going out that door. He says a spot of tiffin. That spot I, of tiffin. I think he's after a biscuit there. I think he wants biscuit, I reckon. In the 20s? In Egypt? Well, oh, maybe it is. Oh, look. Look, if you know any hundred-year-old <laughs> people happen to be around at the time, yeah. let us know. You know, let us know. If you've got any Egyptian tiffin, send it in to cinemasworld at gmail.com. But just to have a speaking character in a film that we've watched say tiffin meant a lot to it's me. It's nice. It's nice. It's about time tiffin got a look in after all this needless Pepsi fucking propaganda we seem oh, to get in all the Pepsi's movies we watch. in every fucking film. You can't move for Pepsi in the films we watch. So Brendan's telling Evie that he was at Hamanaptra and uh, found that box there. And th there's already a bit of like, I, I say romantic tension between, th there's something there. There's something there in, in that you can correctly identify the main woman and the main man in this movie. Yeah. And it's 1999. So whatever adventure they're going on, it's building up to a kiss. And yes. Ahmed is given basically this big fucking choice he has to make because he has to negotiate. He's about to hang. He's about to hang my man yeah. Rick here. So he has to negotiate with him. He has to decide, are you going to hang Brendan Fraser, yeah, or hang out with your mates and go <laughs> do treasure hunting. And I know it's crazy that even in movies set before Pepsi, Pepsi. was even a thing, yeah, post Tiffin, pre Pepsi, the spirit of Pepsi is is in there, isn't it? You know, yeah. So Brendan said he knows where the city is and says to Evie, like, look, if you want me to take you there, save my life because I'm off to get hanged. And so she's basically having an eBay bidding war with Ahmed here for Brendan Fraser's life. <laughs> and look, I know it's big money back then, and it's still big money now, but something about, say, like, 200 quid seems a bit harsh <laughs> for Brendan. <laughs> I know that was big money. I know it was. I know it is now. But, like, give you 200 quid if you don't kill Brendan Fraser here? Could do better than that now. Come on. The bidding goes up to 500. He still gets hanged, but his neck doesn't break. So he's there strangling to death as Ahmed is calling him a filthy, godless son of a pig. But look, the negotiation changes. And I'm sure you've experienced this if you're trying to sell anything online. It goes from just monetary value to a kind of weird trade. Oh, you're trying to fucking... You're, you know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to fucking bait me now because I'm the fucking monk who's been trying to sell a PlayStation 4 for 40 days and 40 nights and I was legitimately offered £80 and yep. a tin of Quality Street from some fucker on <laughs> Facebook. And it's the same dingo. I, I get... This is this is what happens, yeah. right? If it's not a spam one where someone is like, yeah, I will buy it for you, but I can you go online and fill out a money order from the 50s mm. first and give it to me? Yeah. Bullshit. And the one I always get now is... Yeah, I'll give it to you for way less than it's worth. And then you go, but it's worth a bit more than that. And then you go, well, I've got kids. I don't know about fucking PlayStations, do I? Fuck you. I've been told to fuck off officially. <laughs> 
<laughs> Officially, and right, I've been podcasting. This is my ninth year of podcasting, right? Wow. And I, I know I've ruffled my, I've ruffled my fair share of oh, feathers yeah. in, in, in my time, Sam. But I've officially been told to fuck off more than people who don't know how to barter on Facebook than have not liked my opinions about wrestling, movies, and wrestling. Well, it's because no, <laughs> it's because no one offered you twenty five percent of the findings from Hamanaptra. That's what they should have offered you because that is enough for Brendan Fraser's life. And no one gets told to fuck off. Well, someone gets hanged, which is kind of yeah. Well, no one is no one is fucking insulted and shamed by being offered Quality Street. <laughs> I would literally eat a tin of those monstrous scarab beetles instead of fucking Quality Street because you know there'd be at least one decent one in there. <laughs> Like, one of the Beatles would be caramel or something, you know. Oh, a fucking yeah. chewy coin yeah. that will remove your teeth. <laughs> Brendan's free, right? He's been let go. And so he's now coming with them on a boat to go and find this treasure. But they're not alone, Sam. They're not alone. No, no, no. And you were mentioning this the other day on a recording we were doing, how you, you liked the movie Rat Race. Yes, and, yes. Oh, goodness, if there wasn't a little bit of... Oh, everyone's We're going all coming off. together. We're all trying to go and do this cursed mission together. Yeah. And I did particularly like that yeah. even though it was an American movie, they still portrayed Americans in the 20s yes. with all the, oh, sure, look at them over there now, the Americans. Oh, the Americans, huh? I bet you're all yee-haw and bourbon and guns <laughs> and all that. And pretty much it is exactly that now. The romance plot is kind of uh, ramping up a bit because Evie's saying, oh, he's a filthy, rude, complete scoundrel. And then when Brendan turns Way. up with his hair cut and his nice suit, oh, she changes her tune. So off they go on their big adventure with Ahmed, with the Americans. She says the word flim flam. I just want to acknowledge that I love flim flam. <laughs> As an oldie timey, like... Flim flam is know. a lot less aggressive than poppycock, isn't it? It is. You know, it's an old, a load of old flim flam. She doesn't want to be flim flammed by this. But off they go. He makes a bet with these boorish Americans that he'll be the first one to find the stuff. And Benny's with the Yanks as well now, so he is. Yes, he's teamed up with them to direct them to where they're going. And that's Brendan's little mate, Benny, from, from the Foreign Legion. So they both know where this is. Brendan's whipping out all his weapons in front of Evie, showing her all, <laughs> showing her all this stuff, because he knows what's out there is, in a word, evil. Yeah, but he knows it's all like sand and shit, so why is he going here with his guns? We you shoot the sand, you big galoot? What would you take with you if your enemy was sand? Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> like Ghostbusters, right? like a big kind of thing that you could just suck up all the sand. Yeah, yeah. Luigi, that Luigi. Shit. <laughs> Maybe a flashlight if there are ghosts as well, you know. Yes. But other than yeah, that, yeah. I'm grand with a Hoover, you know. Send a Roomba, I'll stay at home. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Lob a Roomba out there. Go on. Yeah, you can strap the swag onto it and then press the dock button and I'll be waiting at home. Collecting the cream, mate. That's me, yeah. <laughs> Evie says, why did you kiss me when he stole a kiss earlier? I was about to be hanged. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Brendan, come on, mate. Oh, we've all heard the I was about to be hanged defence, man, all right? It doesn't fucking <laughs> work in 1920 in or 2020, all right? It doesn't work. <laughs> he throws Benny overboard, by the way, which is kind of played off as like a fun fun little goof. But it, that's quite harsh. I've fallen off a boat. Not fun. Not no. Fun. no, no, no. No. Didn't, didn't appreciate that. Didn't appreciate that at all, actually, as a matter of, matter of fact. Uh, I like how incredible, not, not violent, because as long as if you see gore or stuff like that, but 
I kind of felt the same way about watching this fight scene as I see someone who's like really good at an action video game in that there was particular brutal quality to it where he immediately is dual wielding, which I like that. Yeah. He's like, you know, this situation calls for two guns immediately. Bang, bang, bang. Just yeah. like guys coming and going, blah, with a sword. He's like... <laughs> John burns a man alive and it is admirable that the movie plays it up for yucks because he's like, oh dear old boy, you fall into some fire. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, spot and bother, old chap. Yeah. Self-immolation, is it? Ah. <laughs> so is the enemy here the, the Magi who are sworn to protect the... Yes. The, they're the guys who are protecting... The baddies are technically actually... The they're kind of the goodies. want people to stay away... So yes. They don't disturb what happens so underneath that tomb. There's fun dual wielding bang, 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 bang. There's proper adventure and caper music here. It's all like swashbuckling, good time, adventure stuff. And like fire's never fun, Sam, right? Fire is no. always serious and fire is always dangerous. But we can all get around the table and say that, generally speaking, a big old-timey boat on fire is the funnest, safest way to enjoy a massive fire. I think so, yeah. It's on a river, isn't it? You can all just Fine. jump off. You can all just jump yeah. off. You're surrounded by water. He chucks Evie overboard. The map gets burnt, but he's like, relax, I'm the map. It's all up here. The old-fashioned reloading thing. Of like hitting the the what oh, you call it? Hit the hammer fast. Hit the hammer. Outlaws on the PC. You could press a special button to go. Bah, 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 Love bah, bah, that bah, bah, thing. The slapping of the hammer. Give me that all day long. And then so it's all like calamitous. The fucking boat's on fire. They're all falling off. Everyone's being chucked everywhere. And then we cut to ah, oh, they're all on dry land. They're all right. They're they're where they all need right, to be so. now. Fine. Benny's got some horses, but he's also a fucking idiot. So they have the advantage over him still. Yes. And they get sorted with the thinking man's horse, <laughs> aka camels. <laughs> have you ever? ridden a camel i have ridden a camel i've ridden a camel it's nice isn't it i've ridden a camel it's funny i was watching nathan for you the other night you know mm. I, I watched that a bajillion times it was put on a random episode and i heard him it was the episode about the horses and they were talking about how you know over a certain weight limit you can't ride a horse oh yes and I, <laughs> yeah i'm i'm like within the 15 to 20 pound range of not being able to ride a horse apparently yeah so like you know the fact that i think camels are probably a better job the idea that i know that i can gorge and become you know much fatter than i am now and still, still rock get a camel, that on camel back that's fine you know yeah. and i'll be there on my camel going oh you got a horse there that's interesting you're gonna go take it for a drink are you yeah <laughs> you get sick of that mate <laughs> so they've got camels they're going through the desert i tell you what the colors in these nighttime desert scenes oh yes. deep blues rich reds yes please a lot of the kind of the, the action movies of the later 90s i feel struggled to bring back the nice color palettes of yeah the brights you know it just feels i don't want to watch no fucking gray dank dark movie and i get that we have to go into mummies tombs and all that and that's fine later on yeah but boy i could just i often will stick on just desert footage you know on youtube as a background thing to have on when i'm working usually i fucking love a good desert shot let me tell you it's rich isn't it a desert yes. shot it's rich it's got a yes. gooey texture of, a, of, a, of, a, of an image that yes please benny and the americans which were a great band they're here <laughs> and, um, the old city city of the dead slash city of loads of treasure mate appears because of the sun 
or summer. I don't. I don't know why it suddenly appears. My understanding of it was yeah. there not being a city was a mirage. Right. Okay. And so and the, the rest of it was, was now, actually there. Like. There is a city. Off they all go, like rat race, chasing towards this big city. I wrote down here. Brendan has such a good, handsome, but funny leading man face. I can't remember what that was in reference to, but it, it bears repeating that he's got a I'm good just face. Many this. times he turns and goes. And the yeah. little fucking look to the camera is fucking great. He is one of the more unique looking leading men that we've had on this. Yeah. And I like it. But I think he, he's classically handsome. I think we maybe forget that. He is, but he looks like he looks like he's been designed by Pixar or something in this yeah. movie. Like he has kind of there's he has friendly features. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't With think that's his a bad big, thing. Round eyes. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, I can confirm for those listening at home that Brendan Fraser has and always will have kind eyes. He, yes, he absolutely does. The baddie Americans, they're proper cliched baddies because like, they're led by a woman. What does a woman know? Whereas it turns out what a woman knows, in this case Evie, is kind of everything about Egyptology because she's a fucking expert. Like, yeah, it's know. good It's good to be led by her because she knows all the fucking stuff. I, I like this little gang of uh, Evie, John, Brendan and Omid Jalili as well. Who is it was beginning <laughs> to stick out a bit like a sore thumb yeah. there, you know? <laughs> Something's going to happen to him. Something's going to happen to the guy who was going to hang Brendan Fraser in the last scene. I don't think it'll work out well for him. Yeah. I kept writing down old shit for when they used the term ancient. And I thought that's disrespectful because we use that already to describe old movies. So yeah. it's dusty old Egypt is what I'm using to describe yes. anything ancient. They're just rummaging around through loads of old uh, dusty <laughs> Egypt stuff. And the naughty Americans, they find a sarcophagus. I mean, Jalili, he's sneaking around stealing these gems slash stones that you see but it turns out he needs to get back because they've got beetles in them and they are <laughs> see i was going to make a great reference about how it looks like he's got that thing that neo has in the matrix and he needs to get it removed but um he's had a hard day's night here mate because um <laughs> you invoke peter jackson one more time i am reviewing the hobbit with you and that is that so tread carefully now. Right. But the, it turns out they're beetles. One goes up his trousers, which I thought was quite funny, but then it goes all up in his body, which was very The Matrix. Genuinely horrifying. It goes all in his face and everything. It's basically at this point they realise that, oh yeah, this big curse city of the dead, surprisingly, got a bit of kind of curse vibe to it, isn't it? You know? They're looking around and they, they see the sarcophagus of someone they claim to be he who shall not be named. Voldemort is buried down there. <laughs> it was Sauron, oh, isn't it? It's Sauron. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah. fuck on Sauron. And it's not because it's like you can't say his name because it reminds it's Everyone's just sick of him, you know? <laughs> the Third Age, don't get me fucking started on the Third Age. Bloody <laughs> Sauron, I hate you. Don't bother, he you shouldn't bother naming. That's who he is. <laughs> Very sadly, Omid's dead. He was running around what, what? with a face full of beetles. I wonder if someone around 1999 had this cool beetle inside your body special effect that they were just selling en masse to all the studios because it is... Everyone was doing it. I feel like yeah. I've seen this a gajillion times. Yeah. yeah. It's a real preset that you can buy on, uh, you know, Invato Elements or something. <laughs> Download. <laughs> it's niche. It's niche. <laughs> 
So the baddies who aren't actually baddies show up. And yeah. you should have realized at this point that they're not really the baddies because these poor souls who are both gunless and dynamiteless go up against people who very much have both. And yeah. it's just kind of like sad. They show up like, Bleh! and they get shot at loads. And then they're like, can you leave, please? <laughs> please, not <laughs> so many of us left. There'll be no one left to warn you anymore. Yeah, the Magi just said, you know, come on, guys. Get out of here. We're warning you one last time. Leave, please. But the Americans have already opened... Well, they, so the Americans opened up a sarcophagus and it was full of, like, booby acid. trap acid. Uh, but well, that, it's a pressurised acid salt, they said, which I'm not sure if that's a thing or not, but it didn't look nice. The Americans didn't really open it up. They got, like, I think some locals the they were with. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit, bit horrible, The locals. <laughs> so... In response to this, Evie and Brendan and John are all just hanging out, getting pissed. Fair enough, I say. Falling in love. Falling in love. Evie does a very funny, what is a place like me doing in a girl like this line, which is, that's that's good drunk writing that. That's a bit of fun to convey that she's had a bit much. Very accurate. Yes. Often misplaced words for comedic (laughs) effect when I'm drunk as well. But look, they're here for one reason. It's not to drink and it's not to be in love. They're here to fucking crack open some skits. Caskets. Uh, they're here to, to to crack into them, and let me tell you, when they crack into Imhotep's casket, oh my God, he was all oily and hairy and juicy like a big slim jim. It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty yucky looking, but he was like still kind of not intact. I don't think you could describe him as intact, but no. not not just a bag of bones. You know, he was still fresher than you would expect. He looked like a composition of all of tapenade made flesh, is what he really looked like. Yes. And they come across the Book of the Dead, which they immediately start reading from, which, you know, <laughs> if you're going to casually read from anything, you know, the Book of the Dead, that'll be low on the list for me, you know? That'll be one that I would say, oh, yeah, no, I will read that. And it'll be on the shelf for a few years, won't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sell you it then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I want people to know that I've read the Book of the Dead, but I don't actually want to read the Book of the Dead. I'll just pop, I'll pop it up there so people can see it on the shelf. She nicked it from the Americans, who nicked it from a box. Also, the box on the outside did, said, death will come on swift wings to whoever opens this chest. And they were just like, now nah, we're, nah, we're having oh, it. Yeah. it. In we go. So yeah, they're reading the book, which from the sounds of things has fucked everything up all sorts of curses curses locust curses yeah which right look i know locusts aren't pleasant okay they're not they're not pleasant and i i am a big fan of invertebrates but i will admit that locusts have at least partially earned their rotten reputation yeah but it's good to know the relative power of a locust because when the locusts come your man in the feds, he was looking after all the diggers he's just like oh that's it game over and he sits down like you know he's like (laughs) You'll still be there, like, go back and get him. You'll still Game over, lads. Just see him covered in yeah. bugs, like, you know. <laughs> what the worst case scenario for him is going. <laughs> <laughs> While everyone is running away, the Americans appear to have been hanging out with, uh, is it Velma from Scooby Doo? Because one of them falls over. It's like, my glasses, my glasses. Scrambling around, trying to find his glasses. He finds beetles instead, Sam. He's in the dark with the undead and can't see shit that is actually pretty horrifying 
Oh, yeah, there was there was definite pearl here for yeah. for these lads as yeah. well. I was not the greatest fan of the Foley in this movie, as I mentioned earlier. But mm. what I was a very big fan of was the audio description subtitles I got when I was streaming this. And because the word they used to describe the movement of the Beatles was skittling, which I thought was a very good oh, word. They were skittling, weren't they? That's skittling got, about. Skittling. It's got an onomatopoeic quality to it, skittling. You know, it's not yeah. it's not an onomatopoeic word, but it feels, you know, skittling, skittling, skittling. It's got a bounciness to it. Yeah. I like it very, very much. Lovely. And look, what we see next is probably the money shot for them in terms of them flexing their CG muscles because we do get to see Imhotep slightly regenerated coming yeah. out of that form going from how to describe this he was a big Slim Jim okay <laughs> that had been pulled out of its tube yeah one time when I was in university I got my favourite bar in the world which is a Toffee Crisp okay and for whatever reason it had been subject to a manufacturing error Sam <laughs> So when I opened it up, it was inside out. It was like a solid block of caramel and chocolate surrounded by the justy, crispy interior on the outside. And I was trying to explain this to to Joe the other night. She couldn't Mm. really grasp what I was saying. But when your man showed up, I thought, hey, there he is now. There he is. There he is now. That's the man. There's the inside out toffee crisp. (laughs) And I wouldn't mind taking a bite out of him if you don't mind me saying so. He's nicked the tongue and eyes of the guy who was scrambling around for his glasses. If I was going to nick the eyes from someone, wouldn't be the lad scrambling around for his glasses because the glasses got smashed. So can Imahotep see very well now? He's got one eye, I think. You know? but didn't he make me? I thought he made this guy's eyes to like pop him. Or was he just being a being a bastard? He's nicked his tongue. But his he tongue. takes everyone's eyes. He's not. He has like nine eyes at the end of the movie. <laughs> he takes everyone's eyes and tongue and all their ooze as well. So he's very scary as a inside out toffee crisp. It, it honestly, it looked way better than anything from nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. It, lo- it looks pretty good. He's kind of getting close to Evie. So Brendan Fraser shotguns Imhotep. Oh, and he does this really cool thing. Mm. Very cool. This is when I was like, oh, he is Nathan Drake, basically. When Imhotep goes, and then he just goes, right back at him. (laughs) That was so funny. I laughed my ass off. Yeah. Great. Shotguns him. And he, as far as Brendan's concerned, job done there. I got him. Shotgun him right in the middle. They're like, oh, you've unleashed the ancient curse. He's like, no, I've not. I've shot the ancient (laughs) curse, mate. (laughs) Shot the fuck out of it. (laughs) Done. Very American approach and attitude there. You know, I fucking shot him. It's done, mate. Yeah, but did you jewel wheels? Did you really shoot him? Did you really shoot him? Did you jewel wheels? That's why I want to know. So the baddies are pretty much like, I keep calling them the baddies, even though they're <laughs> the revealed to be absolutely not the baddies. Yes. The Magi are like, well, we're pretty much fucking bone now. Yeah. And Benny, we see back in the temple, he's cornered and he starts kind of going through various religions to see if anything will work. That's funny. He's reckoning, you know, that was funny. Yeah. And when he speaks Hebrew and shows the star David, Imhotep is like, oh, this guy's done his fucking Egypt 101. The Pharaoh and the Jewish slaves. So he's like, great, slaves, I'll give you trinkets. There we go. And you'll be able to communicate for me, I guess. Is the thing? Is this guy definitely a mummy? I don't think that the <laughs> slaves got trinkets back in the day. Like, I guess he's a priest, not a pharaoh. So, I, you know. I don't know how it works. But we're in Cairo now. <laughs> this is where they go, we can't stop the mummy because he can't be harmed by your mortal weapons. Yeah. And then they go, let's, f-, and they says deadly seriously, let's find some immortal weapons. I mean, look. What? <laughs> 
Right, we're talking about American and British attitude. That's a British can-do. You know, let's find a solution, lads. Come on. Let's... Well, we'll find some immortal weapons then and we'll get that moment. We've got to get the let's job Let's get done. around the table. Let's get some immortal weapons. Let's Whereas get over the line. Rick, yeah. Brendan Fraser's like, I shotgunned him. It didn't work. I'm getting out of here. You can stay if you want. Peace. I'm out. I think he just wants an immortal shotgun and is using this whole cursing <laughs> as an excuse. We meet one of my favourite characters, which is Winston, which is basically like a kind-hearted Wario crossed with Winston Churchill crossed with Porco Rosso. <laughs> and at this point, I was like, do you really need two drunks for your adventure? Yes, you fucking do, because Winston's the man. Winston's great. Winston's just introduced, I think, literally to fly a plane later on and for no other real reason. But he's a, he's a fun character. You need the second drunk for the adventure, I think, yes. this is what they're trying to say. And you might think, oh, Tintin, they only had one drunk for their adventure in Captain Haddock. No, no, Snowy was fucked up the whole goddamn time. <laughs> the only thing that Snowy put in his body was vodka during most of Tintin's original adventures. That's why he remained silent about the racism. <laughs> Meanwhile, Benny is fully working for Imhotep now. They're in a little, they're in like a hotel room or something. He's fully working. Are you playing like he's gone past his like probationary? <laughs> he's past the probation. He's working for him now. They're chatting with the fucking lad who's got his eyes and tongue ripped out. Well, I say chat, and he can't do much because his tongue's gone. And Imhotep's just like, well, you've served some of your purpose, but I am going to need to kind of absorb you or like what what does he do what's his he just kind of removes all the flesh all the fluid from his body basically yeah so his organs are all being kept in the sacred jars right he's them back but also all the people who broke into the temple he has to kill them all yeah and take their eyes and their tongue and all their fluids but he's also told benny that he doesn't need to do him so i'm not really sure what type of a curse this is is this like some sort of a flexitarian curse (laughs) where you can kind of opt in pick and choose out (laughs) not all the fluid or eyes right but yeah but he's he's getting stronger every time he kills one of these american lads yes i wrote down that he is slowly re-meeting and you did not reply to my email or e the meeting or e the re-meeting <laughs> very good can i say that and the porco rosso comparison very good top draw stuff good night I ladies just... and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> that's been cinema as well that's that's your loss <laughs> Brendan, once again, just tries to shoot Imhotep. I think he just likes shooting his gun, Sam. You know, he loves shooting his gun. But I tell you what works a treat, a cat on a piano. And we know this from viral videos. And we now also know this from The Mummy. You pop a cat on a piano, it's going to get a reaction. From most people, that reaction is, ah, that's fun. From Imhotep, it's like, ah, fucking hell. Ah, no, no, thank you. A cat on a piano for a mummy is like as if the mummy was a cucumber for the cat. Not a good time. Yes. Immediate reaction. The cat literally makes it... Imhotep do the spin from the mask. It's like somebody <laughs> zips on out of there, probably to the Coco Cabana to meet a hot babe. Yes. Oh, by the way, we get proper like George Lucas wipes throughout this film between cuts, which is always fun. <laughs> There's something about it, because it reminds me of Tatooine. If you get a wipe on a desert planet, it's a nod to, yeah. to old GL himself. But you know, Imhotep is in a regrettable position now because he literally has to kill and suck to survive. <laughs> Yes, he does. He called Evie the name of his dead mistress or whatever, the girlfriend, dead girlfriend from the past. Called Evie that name, I think, and tried to kiss her. I started theorising, because Evie earlier on is like, oh, my mother is an Egyptian. Oh, an Egyptian adventurer, yeah. I thought she might be, like, descended 
from her or something there's some kind of connection there i don't think it's that i think he just needs a nice lady to sacrifice yeah i thought it was yeah. just a body because if it, it seemed to me that he had the soul of her but he, he was gonna no, try and put just... it into her body but he also just seemed like he was genuinely confused which in fairness if i accidentally oversleep i'm a little bit confused the next morning i could only imagine what it'd be like if you're in the process of that and a re-meeting as well so yes. you know so Evie's basically put in her room and she's like, you bally well better not put me in my room. But they put her in her room because they want to keep her safe. Absolute flim flam. Yes, they want to keep her safe. Brendan and Jonathan, who, John, I would argue, keep him in the room, you know, lock him yeah, away. But yeah. Brendan's concerned because Imhotep's got a bit of an interest in Evie. He's like, right, lock her in a room. Nothing can go wrong there. They're off to go and find, is it an Egyptologist fella? They're off to, they have to go yes, back. Yes, they, they want yeah. to find the more senior Egyptologist. Yes. And the mummy is still attacking, Imhotep, the mummy is, is still attacking other people. Yep. But of course, you know, as I was shorthanding my notes here, I wrote down, oh no, mum got another. <laughs> mum got loads. Mum kept getting Mum them. got loads this time. Yeah, yeah, He killed and sucked. Mum killed, mum sucked. She did what she had to do. Absolutely. <laughs> also, Imhotep has got a long mouth, hasn't he? Oh, he's got a big long mouth. You know, he, he could do a good, like, surprised face. Very cool shadow on the back of a wall shot of him, you know, removing the essence from someone and draining them of all their fluids and flesh. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That's a good way to disguise the fact that doing that in CGI and just seeing it straight up would maybe look a bit hokey. And yeah, it's funny because the more he gets remeted, it's like, yeah. I think like an hour and 20 into the movie where it's like, all right, he's normal now. That's enough of that. You get a couple <laughs> of long mouths, but you've had your, you've had your inside toffee crisp man for a lot i need a toffee crisp really fucking badly now i can't talk about it anymore <laughs> he's pretty much back to full strength and he sneaks into evie's room and kisses her and i don't know if you've been kissed with a long mouth but it's it, do, it doesn't feel nice doesn't look nice <laughs> no but i love this interaction where where rick comes in and says get your ugly face off of her and he turns around emotep and goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then <laughs> yeah. but brendan in response basically does the same thing back but with a cat just goes and just you know gestures a cat at him that works so they figured out now from the egyptologist yes that the books were basically swapped and they need the book of life to undo the, the curse of, of the book death. of the dead yeah. but because the curse is moving on now and if you don't know your scripture the next part is that everyone is his slave now which I would have thought in a more modern telling of this story, yeah. an element of sadness might have been brought with this or an element of, I don't know, conflict within the emotions of people knowing now that everyone in this town is a slave to the will of the mummy against their own will. But instead, because it's 1999, this basically means that anyone in a turban who's not in their group is fair game Kill to be him. shot and killed and over. shot and killed and killed and shot. Yes. Um, but that said, there is a little bit of a funny, almost Shaun of the Dead-like bit where John's trying to run to get to the car. Oh, it's so all chanting Imhotep. And to blend in, he mumbles it as well to get by. A little bit of fun. I think, you know, it swings, swings and roundabouts in it, you know? No, you can't go uh, and mock them and then kill them. <laughs> you know, that's not fair at all. Honestly, the zombies in Shaun of the Dead were treated with more humility than these people are. <laughs> So Imhotep's got his big army of like everyone in town now. A gang are trying to get away, but the slaves are blocking the road. Oh, only one way to get through, Sam. Light them up, boys! 
<laughs> driving and shooting through them. They're only holding torches and saying Imhotep. That's all they're doing. But what you know what? One of the Americans manages to get grabbed off the car and chucked over, runs out of bullets, and this guy, again, gets fully Imhotep'd. But that time, rather than Shadow Thing, we get a close-up on Benny's face as this lad is getting, like, murdered. And I thought... And he's like, that, oh, I don't like that. I thought that was very effective... And it reminded me a little bit, and this is a wrestling reference, of AJ Styles' debut in the Royal Rumble, where we just stay on Roman Reigns' face as the music plays and it's revealed who it is. So you don't see the big reveal, which a lot of people don't like. I thought that was actually quite cool. That's my little bit of... uh wrestling stuff there as far as obvious production errors go it's a pretty good one yeah <laughs> cooler production errors i i quite like it so imhotep he's calling at the group and he's like look uh, come here to me evie would you Get- be me wife now and i'll spare the rest of these lads here and you know what well <laughs> i was gonna say you know what fair enough but fair enough. he's saying out you know that's the deal they've not really got much else to go on here so she goes with him uh, and then pretty much Pretty much as soon as like he's got a hand and he's leading her away, she's like, "Right, lads, uh, <laughs> kill all of those bricks." Which <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny. And I thought that was going to be like a bigger, more dramatic scene when you've got the whole army versus our little gang of people. But they just kind of go down a big hole in the floor at this point to get away. Yeah, it's very much like an on the rails. Wow, like they, you know, that's the thing about this movie is that Quit, they don't spend here. much time other than their initial bit of journey. Like once yeah. they're there, it's like we're fucking skating around from place to place. So we have them regrouping with Winston. Yes. And I do love a good biplane, let me oh. tell you. And I enjoyed what a biplane over the desert in the 20s. That's cool. Give me that, please. Thank you. A rickety old plane. I don't actually want to get on it, but I want to see this happen. Why is it a... A biplane in a desert is so much more cool than a giant mechanical spider in a desert. I don't know why that is. Like, one should be cooler than the other, but I'm pretty sure I prefer the biplane. And if you'd like to hear us talk about a giant mechanical spider in the desert, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swell, where we reviewed Wild Wild West. I agree with you. It really suits the desert, doesn't it? A biplane. Yeah. It feels right. It's the only time it's appropriate to wear a scarf in the desert, I'm pretty sure, Sam. And he got the old the old-fashioned flying goggles and everything and the little hat. He's not in it much, but Winston does go out of his way to say that he's mad bored since the end of World War One, because yeah. basically all of his mates died, and now he's just kind of bumming around Egypt, being all drunk, because he's obviously been passed over for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> so even though him going on what appears to be a suicide run here, because the mummy does one of his special summons, it's a yeah. sand apocalypse, which basically turns a wall of sand into the corner of the album cover for Pink Floyd's <laughs> The Wall. And then the guy in the plane is like, oh no, remember when the Nostalgia Critic reviewed that? Ah! Yeah. He's dead. You know what? I think it's quite nice that for, for that character, who basically comes in as a drunk man, says, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I was in the war, all my mates died, I wish I could have died in the blaze of glory, but now I'm just bumming around getting drunk. For then him to die doing something heroic... It's a nice little simple character wrap-up for a character we only yeah. see in two scenes. And it's just a nice little... He gets a little arc. Even that little character gets a, gets a little arc. A nice little bow on it at the end, I thought. He yes. dies like a champ and sinks into quicksand. No clean-up! No clean-up. No, exactly. Great. Gone. How do you feel about the big wall of sand and the big dust face thing, CGI-wise? Pretty good. It's good. No, it, look, it looks really good. Yeah. Honestly, the sand effects were the best CG that the movie had to offer. I yes. think... That would probably be the only type of effects that you could show 
that still would stand up the test of time. Like I think you could cut together some footage of that and show it to someone still who's pretty only, good. You know, they would still think it's pretty pretty good, even yeah. by modern standards. I would say. Even Benny <laughs> says a lot, which is like, I, I love the whole uh, sand wall trick. It was beautiful. I'm like, yeah, it, it. You know what, Benny? It was perks of the job, Benny. Good job yeah. for making it through the probation. Yeah, quicksand. Always good to see quicksand. Thank you, quicksand. Always thought that would be more of a threat. But it's nice to see it, to see a bit of quicksand. I mean, I feel I've been very negative on quicksand for most of my life, you know, yeah. which is like based on absolutely nothing, you know, other than just a, a general bad vibe I get from quicksand. But yeah. I hadn't thought, like, if you were, you know, if I was to be killed or whatever it is. Yeah. If you just then sink away. needed my body out of there as quick as possible. Do you think that happens? Like people like where there's quicksand near them, they go and they do fly tipping and stuff like that. Like maybe there is quicksand here in Sulphur, but I just can't see it because people have like, you know, used it all up. <laughs> Lobbing that sofa out of the car. What a dog <laughs> shit now. Sorry, no more quicksand. There's a tree has grown because of all the dog shit you've put into it. Sad, sad. So now they're back where they were before. Pilot's dead and fucking john who again i think should be locked in that room and left there picks up one of the beetle things that killed ahmed what have you been paying attention john <sighs> a fool fucking lush <laughs> and so brendan has to actually cut it out of his body and then so we get, it gets cut out of his body and then brendan shoots it and something about shooting a beetle is funny didn't like that didn't no? like that you've already stabbed him and chucked him out of his home you don't need to shoot him because he went he made he made a EQ noise he went to and then he shot him yeah it was a very dehumanising moment for, for Brendan Fraser as a person and a yes. character in this movie, I thought. I don't think it's good, but something about the bluster of shooting an insect, I think is inherently quite funny um, that, you, that you would do that. The thing about it is, right, beetles, I love seeing beetles. Yeah. I love watching footage of beetles. I've got a big book of beetles. I like to thumb yeah. through it. But if a beetle came into my room right now, I'd be fucking looking for the nearest weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> they're fucking massive and scary. So, our gang have made it to the treasure trove, and oh boy, there's a lot of treasure. That's a big prize zone, Sam. You How can many tickets do I got to win for this? <laughs> you can dive into that treasure and swim around. Like, who, who's the rich duck character who does that? Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck. Beautiful treasure here. But, unfortunately, all of Imhotep's priests are rising from the I dead. I called him his bonelings. <laughs> <laughs> His bonelings and it's great. As soon as the bonelings show up, and they're like, ah, "We are the bonelings. Light them up, boys!" <laughs> great stuff. This was great. I it's love this. Really Proper satisfying. Get rid of all the booze prohibition shit. This was just fun sequence of these lads shooting the fuck out of a bunch of skelly bobs. Good stuff. Very fun. Bang, 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 bang. Enjoyed it. But meanwhile, Evie has been got and she's about to be sacrificed to bring back Imhotep's girlfriend. Not good. No. No. That's a red flag, Sam. Oh, and the gang are joined by one of the guys from the Magi, who seems to go down fighting, trying to get them a chance to escape. He gets kind of swarmed by, uh, what did he call them? Bonelings. 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 He gets swarmed by bonelings. Bonelings. Uh, so that's very sad. The resurrection ritual reviving thing slash sacrifice is about to happen, but John Hannah comes in with the magic book. Oh! But he doesn't know how to open the book or indeed read the book. But Rick's got a magic sword. And let me tell you, that sword was such a stereotypical, the hero gets the sword at the end. Big gold sword looked like it's made out of cheese. It was great. This, this film kind of leans into some cliches. 
Because it knows they're fun and enjoyable. Yeah, it's just a big silly cliche, this. Brendan smacking these bonelings around while the camera kind of spins round him. Very satisfying. All of the action in this film, the whole way through, has been very well choreographed and is fun and good. And you notice as well, action's almost always fun. Yeah. But not many quips. And still man's no. to be fun. It's not like he stops every five seconds where he's like, you know, ah, you should drink milk because you're made of bones. You know, <laughs> that shit like, you know. But instead, we do get a nice little callback to his scream bit earlier because there's a big group of the bonelings and he goes, ah, and then they all yeah. scream back way louder at him. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, one of the bonelings, his head comes off and he's kind of bobbing it around in his own hand, the boneling. And then Brendan smacks it out of his hand like a baseball and hits a bloody home run. Beautiful. I don't need no quips when you're doing that kind of stuff. This was all fantastic action. I thought it was just long enough for it to be exhilarating without it going on yeah. into tedium or anything like that. We have John trying to read out the book in ancient Egyptian, which yeah. is fun to hear him say all those dusty old words. <laughs> And then he manages to cast a spell. Imhotep is mortal. He gets stabbed and it's great. He reacts like that guy that we like getting eliminated from Bake Off. He's like, whoa, oh, <laughs> and then he sits down. It's great. I mean, the bit where he gets made mortal, there was some real weird CGI stuff going on there. Because he goes all like... That was probably the worst CG shot of the whole movie, I thought. It looked really weird and ropey. Big PS2 cutscene energy for me. Yeah, and then gets dunked into that weird black CGI water. And just said, oh, uh, the death is only the beginning, lads. See you in a bit. Bye. What's that? A mad dash to the exit, you say? Oh, yes, The place has fallen apart? What? No. Uh. In our tomb? How many of the pyramids went that way, I wonder, where someone went in and explored and got all the treasure? And they're like, well, you've gotten the treasure. Now it's going to self-destruct you 30 seconds to leave. And I imagine that I'd say at least five or six of them went down that way. Probably. I think so. And, you know, it's an interesting reflection on greed because Benny's there as well. And he's loading up his bag with jewels and gold and prizes. And you know they're special precious jewels and gold because it goes... <laughs> like it's fucking, I don't know, an app you're about to spend a lot of heavy coinage on. <laughs> yeah, it's trying to trick you into making more in-app trying to trick you. Oh, it's a nice noise. Yeah. Our core gang managed to get out, like sliding under, you know, big heavy stone doors that are coming down. That oh, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, the bit where, where Benny is like just about to come out. Uh. Like, while it was happening, I was like, this is like equally going to be satisfying if he escapes. Yeah. Or if he gets crushed. Because yeah. either way, I'm excited for the action of this smooth stone it, mass. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Oh, yeah, like that. But he didn't get crushed, nor did he get out. He's trapped in the treasure trove with a bunch of fucking horrible beetles. Death via skittering. Not very good. <laughs> Destined to listen to Maxwell's silver hammer forever. Um, <laughs> that's the last one. Um, okay. So Benny's gone. Our gang are out. The Magi guy who we thought died, still alive. And he's like, he's, he's happy as can be. Happy but, as a clam. He says, you know what? You've earned the respect of our people, even though you were gutting us down in our thousands. You were gutting us down. You fucked up. You released the thing we told you not to release that we've spent years fair, of our lives trying to stop. Fair fucks. But you, know? you, you did get out. And he's dead now. So good. And a bonus, they get a blessing from Allah. What? That's nice. Yeah, that's very Not nice. Not so bad. Yeah. They don't just throw those around, I'm sure. And we get a lovely on-screen kiss from Brendan and Evie. And then John Hannah tries to kiss a camel, which is a bit of, a bit of light-hearted fun because he sees that they're kissing. He's like, oh. Oh, because he's loveless. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's and good. 
off they go on camels, riding off literally into the sunset. And they've got a little bit of treasure as well, don't worry, folks. Yes. This film likes its cliches, it leans into them, but it has fun with them. The end, The Mummy. Oh, that was fun. That it was, was fun. a fucking romp, wasn't it? Oh, it was a real romp. I'm going to say something controversial. Come at me with your controversy. But I think you can see this coming. That's better than Indiana Jones. That is... <laughs> <laughs> it just is. It just is. And it looks like that Generation X stopped listening to our podcast. <laughs> the end. Like... <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. That was really great. But like, I, I don't know if I'm just kind of inventing this in my head because, you know, there were a lot of like movies like like this that would get watched you know yeah you know, i talk about wanting you know, we watch the movies yeah, yeah. university with groups of people and all that oh, i better go pop this on or oh we're hung over put on something simple and dumb and this movie never ever really kind of came up and i'm wondering no. if it's because the sequels kind of garnered a bit of bad publicity right. me as a wrestling fan they were kind of intertwined with the fate of the scorpion king and dwayne the rock johnson but jesus christ on its own here the mummy is i feel dumb as hell that it took me another let me think. 1999 this came out, so I would have got on video in 2000. So it has been 22? 22 years since I saw this movie. And the fact that I didn't see it 20 times between now and then is baffling to me. Yeah. I cannot explain why. And if you're at home thinking, oh, this is some 90s shite that is best left in the past. Yeah, it is excessive, but my God almighty. Like, it's, they're cliches for a reason. This yeah. is fucking, you could fall asleep in this and wake up and still have a good time. Yes. It has some interesting lore stuff in it, but it's not overly complicated. All of the performances were great and fun and shockingly a lot less racist than i thought it would yes, be yeah still a bit still but no one you know, knew i thought it would be the music is great by the way it's it's music yes. that serves the film enough that you don't really need to talk about the music but the music no, but is, delivers what you good need. classic shit like and you know i think they did do a good job at they managed to redefine what was honestly a very very silly and an outlier in the classic monster lineup yeah i think this like made folks think of it a little bit differently via the medium of a very very dumb movie but like curse stuff was great all yeah. the fucking suspense it was dark without being you know miserable nope. it was light-hearted without being Goofy. kind of you know too flimsy you know yeah. what i mean like, yeah, yeah yeah and brendan fraser again my God, that man deserves a fucking round of applause. Good yeah, on. Great performance. Perfectly suited this role. Pulled it off. This film is visually great. The effects, obviously some of them don't stand up now, but they're, they're pretty fucking impressive for the time. There's a couple that are still good, and nothing is so bad that it's like... Like that last shot, maybe, we were saying that's pretty fucking rough. Yeah, but... but you know, again, it, 22 years old. Not so bad, like, in terms of CGI, rate. like, you know. <laughs> Cinematography, really nice. All of these big action scenes pulled off brilliantly, filmed really well. I'm struggling to think of complaints about this. I'll say that. I mean, there is a tiny part of you that kind of would think, because it is so, you know, standard issue, I guess, is a, is yeah. a way you could maybe describe it. You're not going to be surprised watching this movie at no, all. It no. doesn't really, in 2022, have anything up its sleeve, let's just say. But nothing wrong with that, you know? It's very clearly absorbed a lot of, you know, stuff from big adventure films. There's some Star Wars in this. There's oh, some yeah. Indiana Jones in this. There's a bunch of other stuff in this. And they've found what works and put it into a fun action-adventure film. And it is fun. It's just a fun film. 
fun film to put on. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just thinking now of like all the shit that we're going to have to see if we do this. We're doing this Mummy remake, aren't we? I'm just imagining Tom yeah. Cruise in a movie that any footage of it I see looks like a fucking Dan Brown movie adaptation. So I'm not looking forward to it. Just remember all this stuff of us saying how fun this was. Yes. And just contrast that with how we respond to Mummy 2017. You took Highlander from me. I'm yeah. taking the mummy from you. Oh, Oh. Take it right away. <laughs> <laughs> but try not to think about that. I had a great time with the mummy. You had a great time with the mummy. Well, yeah. The only question I've got after us then, Sam, is what's your star wipe rating for the Brendan Fraser? I mean, the mummy. Four and a half star wipes. Oh, you heard it here first. Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swell on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swell on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye. Bye.